gentlemen welcome this is dump on the ump ostensibly a baseball podcast tonight is wednesday may the 5th cinco de mayo thank you so much for listening coming at you from champaign illinois my name is joel with me tonight as per usual is sam sam how's it going uh, hey, Joel, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you as usual from uh, Brooklyn, rainy Brooklyn, New York. Um, <clears throat> my hot take today and right around this time every year is that the NFL draft is the stupidest fucking thing in sports. <laughs> and I'm like including all sport here. There's nothing stupider than the NFL draft and the kind of hoopla and hype that's built up around it. I want to follow that up with a, a, my annual hot take that Mel Kuyper Jr. is the biggest fucking fraud in all of sports media. What's his job? He doesn't have a job. He, you know, he's a fraud slash a genius because he made up a fucking job that nobody should have. And somebody, what is it? He's I the draft guy? He's the draft guru guy, the mock yeah, draft they're never, he's never right. He never has any actual insight into what's going to happen. And yet he's on your TV every day. Was he never a coach or something? Nope, never a coach. Never played football, just a dude from the 70s. With cool hair or something? With, uh, with cool hair. Oh, uh, yeah. And a good chin. Uh, it's, always, it's always like, you know, the best quarterback from college goes first and they go to the worst team. And that team doesn't have an offensive line. Yep. And the kid gets his knee broken in like the first three games of the season because like they drafted this phenom with their first draft pick and then completely destroy him. Yeah. <laughs> and that team is always the New York right. Jets. Always the Jets. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, they, every time they show and like a court. hear this kid's name again. You know, like if I was a college football player i would try to be like the fourth best quarterback <laughs> yes, in exactly. college sports you know what i mean get drafted somewhere down near the end of the first round by a team that's like a 500 team yeah. and already has a quarterback that you can kind of like sit behind for a season or two you know that's what i want the aaron Rodgers. yeah exactly right, exactly I, yeah i was gonna say the steelers but yeah you're right <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to play well at college. Yeah. No. Nope. Find a program where you can like sit on the bench the first year and then like not really be competitive for three years. So you can just kind of work on whatever you need to work on. <laughs> you want to play well, just not that well, you know? <laughs> and you want to be tall. Can you be taller? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, what's his name? Trevor Lawrence. Right. He's, that guy's so screwed. That guy's so screwed. Get a haircut. Get, get a haircut, you hippie. Um, also joining us as per usual is Thomas. 
Thomas, how's it going? Pretty good, Joel, coming to you from regular old Seattle, uh, where my hot take is maybe not that hot, but I think that the Mariner ship has sailed. Yeah, so soon? Wow. Yeah, I think this is about good. I think this is the apex of our success this season. This is this is me calling throwing in the towel. I, it was a it was a long shot with James Paxton going every fifth game, and without him, it's I think it's been too much of a struggle. We've also had some more injuries to the pitching staff. I went to a couple games this weekend, which we'll talk about later, perhaps. But uh, yeah, they their pitching is they're in trouble. So I, I think from I think this is the this moment right now is the best moment we can expect from the Mariners from a uh, quality baseball perspective. You guys are 17 and 15 second place in the yeah. asshat as yeah, division. I, I think, excited. I think asshat will be soon to <laughs> soon to fall. There was another way that the order was like it when Seattle was in first and Los Angeles was in it was sloth, you know, sloth. Yeah. Yeah. So the AOS might not have the best teams or the best players, but it definitely has the best ways of reversing the first bits of the names of the teams and spelling words, I think. Yeah. Did anybody get hurt other than Paxton for Seattle? Marco Gonzalez had, has gone down a little bit then. And, uh, who is this somebody? There's somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, they're just like, they're not hitting. They're, they're, the prospects are not letting the prospects come. I mean, we'll see. Maybe, maybe they'll bring up Kelnick and he'll just light the world on fire and Kyle Lewis will get going. I don't know. I just think it's a, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that they sort of maybe try and play the long game. Might be hedging my bets. We'll see. No, that's too bad. Um, but mine is kind of similar to that. My name is Joel. I'm coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My hot take, ladies and gentlemen, I am right now on this podcast on Cinco de Mayo, May the 5th, 2021, announcing the official Dump on the Ump campaign for the Chicago White Sox managerial position. Vote, here, here. Bravo. Vote Dump. We will write the ship of the Chicago White Sox. Our opponent is old. He smells of mothballs. He sleeps in till 2 p.m. every day and only gets the early bird special at the hometown buffet. Is unaware of the rules of extra innings. <laughs> Is unaware. Today, White Sox played the Cincinnati Reds, and in they went to extra innings, and Tony LaRusa, the manager of the Chicago White Sox, ended up putting Liam Hendricks, our closer, as our ghost runner, on second base to start the 10th inning. <laughs> Because he thought he had to. Because he thought he had to. Because, yeah, you want to know the play-by-play? Well, so did he – okay, so I'm assuming Liam Hendricks pitched the – Finished the ninth. They had Kopech pitching. Kopech had been cruising for about two innings. But then in the ninth, he loaded the bases with walks. He walked the bases loaded. So they put in Hendricks to get out of the jam, which he Nobody out? He came in with no, nobody out in the bases. No, loaded. there were two outs. There were two outs. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Hendricks got the ground ball. They get out of the inning. But, oh, shit, now we have to put whoever was our last batter, which was your mean Mercedes pinch hitting for the pitcher, was our last batter. No, that's not how it, that's not how it went down. 
No, how did it go down? Uh, oh, this is a, a rough start. Switch. That's okay. So okay. I was I was watching on my phone. Tony Larusa did a double switch um, with Jake Lamb in, in the bottom of the ninth inning to put the pitcher's batting spot to be the last person who got out in the top of the ninth inning. As he would, so that's that, his instinct in an old school. because so, it was the fifth. It was the fifth spot in the order. So. He didn't want the pitcher, like he wanted Liam Hendricks to finish the ninth and then pitch the tenth, and he didn't want him to have to bat. So he switched it so that he did a double switch so that the pitcher's spot got moved to the five spot. But, but the five then, spot was the five spot was probably what and was the last out in the inning before, which he didn't right. think about, but because of his right. old school shit, he put in the pitcher in that spot, right? Right. And so then he was like, oh, shit, I have to put the pitcher out there. <laughs> so. But that's not know, true. Right? That's a questionable, but that's a questionable not- choice if that's what you believe the rule is. But right. that's not the rule. Right. Because in the new extra innings rules, if the pitcher makes the last out of the previous inning, the manager is allowed to put on base the the batter who was before the pitcher spot who would have been jose brave who's like not a speedster but he's who's not, not your not your guy yeah I mean, but, it's, but the, the fact okay, is, so, is and this is not only is it a problem that tony la Russa didn't know that rule it is it's not major though i think i think the major but wait, problem but wait, but wait, but is wait, that wait. nobody yeah no, continue. Okay, carry on. I think that the main major problem is that not a single person in the entire staff of the Chicago White Sox who was at the game that day did know the rule. Right. Right. But wait, but they're but they missed two. Th- I mean, he he flubbed it twice though because when he made that double switch, he obviously didn't consider the fact that like that was the, you know, like he, not only did he not know that he could get out of the mistake, but he made the mistake in the first place. Like he made the double switch without contemplating the fact that they were possibly going to go to the 10th inning. And then that last position that he just switched was the last batter. That person goes to second base. Like that's sort of the basis of the the original rule. So he didn't know that part. He didn't know like- He might've known that part. It might've been like- just forgot though. I wouldn't have made that double switch. I would rather make sure my pitcher doesn't have to bat in the bottom in the top of the tenth inning. And he didn't rather, want and he wanted Hendricks to pitch. And he wanted Hendricks to pitch. Yeah. Yeah. But so, but so it might have been a, I mean, I'm, it was probably a conscious decision at that, that point. Be like, at that point to be like, okay, I'm gonna put my pitcher on second base because I want him to pitch the next inning, but I do not want him to bat. But you could just put him in the eighth spot. Oh, right. Like, but he did the double switch. So, like, he would have been up. He was going to be like the pitcher's spot was up fourth in the top of the 10th inning. And he didn't want that, like, a, a potential rally to get, you know, derailed no, I, by a pitch by well, Liam. No, I, 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 I guess I understand the concept of the double. Like he he changed he did the double switch and he put Jake Lamb in the five in the pitcher spot because that was going to be the fifth fourth batter fifth batter in the next inning and that the five spot was this last spot to bat. But right. by doing that, he's basically realized he's admitting that he doesn't even know that the rule 
like he's inserting, he could put him in the eighth spot. You know, he could switch it with a different, he could switch out a different player. Couldn't he? Oh, I guess no, he had to use a DH or something. There, well, there was no DH because they're in Cincinnati. But so, okay, so the, 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 Liam Hendricks and Jake Lamb come into the game. Jake Lamb replaces Merce- Yasmin Mercedes. I'm assuming, uh, no, Jake Lamb went into the outfield. I, feel, I don't know who he replaced him. Vaughn, maybe? But, oh, Eaton. Either Vaughn or Eaton in the outfield. I don't know. And so then they... Well, here's what really fucked up. Was that inning, right? Because what he ended up with was uh, a walk and a fielder's choice to open the top of the tent. So Hendricks actually got to third base with a man on first and one out with Billy Hamilton, my buddy Billy Hamilton, who was hitting, I think, 160 with a slugging percentage of 160 up to bat. And because Hendricks was your runner on third, you didn't want to try anything like a sacrifice bunt or anything like that because you don't want Liam Hendricks sliding into home plate for the go-ahead run. So they order Leori Garcia, who was on first, to attempt to steal second to get out of the double play. He doesn't. He gets caught stealing at second. That's two outs. Billy Hamilton strikes out. That's three outs. Right. That's That was the stupid thing, is because yeah. you don't have that guy steal because nope. there's no chance... They're not going to get the double play. Or on a double steal. Yeah. So wait, but I'm so confused. Like, couldn't since since Larusa put inserted did the double switch with the person who was the batter right before the next batter of the next inning, right? So like the last out is the person right. that runs. So if he's in the ninth inning and he knows that the last the last out was. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time explaining why I feel like he dropped not, he dropped like two levels of this and then right. the play really kicked back. Like, you know what I mean? Like he could have had it be a different, he could have put Liam Hendricks in the second to last out spot in the lineup and well, still think- had eight batters before he batted again. And then he could have had whoever batted, whoever made the last out, just be the base runner. I think that what you're seeing here is the, absolute number one correct decision that a manager would make in 2004 yeah right i agree with that like that's that's what it like he forgot what year it was probably 100 he probably like soiled his adult diaper and thought he was managing the st louis cardinals and and made the right call for that time frame yeah you know for what it's worth, that was the six, seven, eight hitters in the White Sox lineup. Right. That, that batted in the extra innings. Yep. So the number five batter was Yasmin Mercedes, who he took out. And yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And so, and then, and also the pitcher's spot because they were in a National League park. Because they were in the National League park. So the pitcher's spot, which is where. Liam Hendricks was inserted into the game. Mm-hmm. So they took, we had six, seven, eight due, and they took five. Yeah, it's just he made the decision for 2004. But what I'm saying is that not only did he know that, like, if you made the decision to go, okay, 
my pitcher is going to go in the night in the last out be the be the person that's going to be the last out because there can be I can then go to a base runner right before him you know I don't have to use him you know what I mean like he not only he used him when he didn't have to twice I don't know it's bad so anyway okay so yes the point for us for white Sox manager vote for dump vote for dump we're gonna recall Tony the the box i got a nickname for him because ladies and gentlemen to win this season for the chicago white Sox without eloy jimenez without luis robert we're gonna need to think outside the box and you know who the box is tony la russa yeah tony la russa is the box yes we gotta think outside the box vote dump hashtag vote dump hashtag white Sox. Right. Hashtag vote dump. Vote dump. Yeah, that does. <laughs> so I'm not trying to say that Tony LaRusa is personally personally responsible for the injuries to Luis Robert and right. Eloy Jimenez, but all I'm saying is that you know they weren't they didn't have those injuries when he wasn't the manager. So right. do, I know, do your research is all I'm saying. I feel like I saw on Twitter somewhere, which means that Joel put it on Twitter that. <laughs> There was like reports of people being like, uh, yeah, like their pregame calisthenics and stuff like that are pretty, pretty non, like they don't look like they're doing a lot ever. And like, this was like a person that was some kind of expert or something. Yeah, white. I I read that too. I think I just retweeted that. Like their conditioning and sort of like pregame kind of routine is not well monitored or well thought of, you know what I mean? I'm on Twitter right now. Hashtag times up Tony is trending. Oh, see, vote, vote dump. Go. Let's dump. I'm gonna quote what? Yep. Hashtag vote dump. <laughs> yeah, let's not live tweet. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So do it though. Change, change the game. Change the manager. Let's change go. baseball. Change vote baseball. Dump. Vote dub. Tony Larusa is personally responsible for Luis Roberts' injury. We're, let's, we're saying it anyway. <laughs> let's be the future we want to be. Exactly. Right. I'm gonna double steals all the time, sacrifice bunts all the time, drink <laughs> a beer between the fifth and the sixth inning. You know how to play softball. Smoking, on the, smoking in the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, we're going to encourage hitting batters. <laughs> Bring it back the Dick Allen aesthetic. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. All right. Uh, before I just we want to kick some dirt on a fucking umpire. We are going to kick in? some dirt. Yes. Can we trade off. Can we each like take one home series or something like that? Yes. As long as we get ejected every Saturday night game, we have to get the, <laughs> the rule. <laughs> we will get ejected every Saturday night, whoever is managing yeah. of the three of us. And we can we'll just split Tony LaRusse's salary three ways. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Vote dump. Vote dump. Okay. Um, yeah, shout out to everyone who um listened to our episodes last week. Really appreciate it. Please continue to do so. Give us a rating, a review. Subscribe to us on Apple iTunes. You can also check us out on SoundCloud, Spotify. Uh, follow us on Twitter, obviously, at Dump on the Ump. We also got a Facebook page and a WordPress page. 
Shout out Columbus, Ohio, Bend, Oregon. Hi, Mom. Providence, Rhode Island. Hi, Eli. San Jose, Las Vegas. Cincinnati, Chile. Belo Horizonte, Brazil. Portland, Oregon. Houston, Texas. Trying to find something. Mm, I don't know. Anybody ever been to Asheville, North Carolina? No, I've heard good things, though. Yeah, me too. Minor League Baseball is back. Uh, we don't have time to talk about it, but that's kind of cool. Right. Yeah. There's uh, like a good music scene there, I think. You've yeah. probably been there, Thomas, right? I feel like I've been to Asheville. Yeah, I think I've been there, but I don't remember. I've been to Charlotte. That's the only part of North Carolina I've been to. I've been to Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte's pretty cool. We could do a whole episode on nice towns we visited. <laughs> a travel show. Yeah, we should. Yeah, but the entire 30 minutes is just like, I've been to Charlotte. Charlotte was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah, to San Jose. San Jose is nice. Yeah, yeah San yeah. Jose, that's the... Yeah, I, I, you know, actually... Uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Albany. Chico, Chico, Chico California. Chico, California. <laughs> Great town. <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of great towns. All right. So Thomas, you and you and Marin and Lewis went to a baseball game. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we should really do like, you know, I mean, well, yeah. Tell, no, okay. There were, fa- there were fans. You were among the fans. And oh, yeah. Marin was texting me during the game, or maybe immediately after the game, saying she was very impressed with your heckling techniques. Yeah. So I've got kind of two, two joint topics I wanted us to talk about for a few minutes. One was, what are your, like, as a expert heckler, and I, I like to consider all of us pretty, pretty expert at heckling, what are the do's and don'ts of heckling? And related to that, do you think, or, or to what degree do the fans in the stands at the MLB game, what effect do they have over the players, over the outcome of the game, if any? Thomas, I want to hear, hear from you first on this one. Well, so, I mean, ultimately, like, the question kind of that we can get to is, like, well, yeah, what what does, do fans have an effect? We were talking about the concept of, like, do the Rangers have an advantage somebody was talking about? And I think heckling is a, a fine art. I heckle uh, when I'm not in the presence of my family, for the most part. Although, Katie, <laughs> I, I used to heckle when it was just me and Katie, um, my now wife, sorry. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just like, I really, I like baseball because you can be kind of involved, you know, it's, you're within earshot of most of the circumstances, and I don't remember really what, what, I think it was, we used to have kind of group tickets buys, we'd buy like the cheap tickets out in center field, I don't remember, the configuration of the stadium was different then, so you could get kind of like these center field bleacher seats that were within shouting distance, somewhat clearly of center field, and uh, yeah, we would buy blocks of tickets and we would yell at the play, you know, and we'd get like cheers going through the whole, like all of our, it was all our friends. So it was really easy. And then it would get kind of out of control and <laughs> learned a lot from that time period. But that was kind of where I learned the impact that it can have on the game. And I was also born in a theater family and learned projection at a young age. So I have the gift of a 
pretty loud voice and like if i want to really go for it you, you're gonna be able to hear me pretty well for the most part although you can hear i'm i'm throaty right now because i not only did i go to the game on set saturday with your cousin but i went on monday with uh some friends <clears throat> and uh yeah no i find that heckling is definitely has an impact on the surroundings uh -huh. and baseball is part of its surroundings so there is probably well probably not like a measurable effect i think it definitely has an effect for you know uh truth be told mariners lost both of these last two games that i went to and then were no hit today so it might be deflating i'm not sure exactly how to uh, uh yeah i forgot to mention that my mariners falling apart didn't i baltimore they got no hit by the well, john baltimore. means been, the pitcher has been really pretty good for baltimore so that wasn't all that surprising and the mariners as i said earlier they're lineup is tepid at best ty viva la france yeah. who i yelled bonsoir mon frere bonsoir every time he came to play he's on no. your team you can't heckle the guy on your own team but no it's good evening my friend good evening <laughs> and then i say viva la france okay all right i got you it was just like my shout for him you know so i, got, I think personalizing it is really important because you can okay. really yeah so the other the other part of it was that albert pujols played in the game but on on saturday night but he also played first base he wasn't the dh so he came running out there and i was like oh albert i didn't know you had to play first base and then i basically spent the next two innings two to three innings talking about how i felt really bad for him because he was probably tired and wanted to take a nap and i was like every time during warm-ups i would tell the players i was like keep it up albert doesn't want to bend over too much He's got and then three times in the game, the throw came in low and he couldn't, he couldn't scoop anything <laughs> out of the dirt. And progressively, every time I would get more and more, and the more it happened, people around me were like, holy shit, you're getting to yes, him. Yes, that's the best. And, it was, and then the they started, they started to believe. Yeah. You know? So then they were on board and the whole thing. And like, and you know, if you can say funny enough stuff, everybody around and part of the rule, do do's and don'ts, don't swear. Yeah. You can't alienate the people around you too much. Yeah. Although we did have a person in front of me who turned around and said, you're inhibiting my ability to have a good time or something, which was a reference to my heckle that I made shortly <laughs> before that. And I was like, sorry, buddy. Yeah. And three innings later, he turned around and was like, yeah, I like thumbs up. <laughs> was into it. It's, it was just like, oh, man, I was winning them. You got to win them over. You got to get the, the, you gotta gotta get the on fans your on your side. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, we and. So Albert flubbed a bunch of throws, which was fun. Mike Trout, it just did like just they, the angels destroyed us too. So by so and then at the end of the game, everybody's walking out, like all these people are walking by and like, thank you for making the game more enjoyable. <laughs> and we can't we tried to come back. We, we were down 10 to one and we came back and lost 10 oh, to I didn't five. know it was, I didn't know it was 10 to one. Oh yeah. So you guys are getting we, we, we chipped away at, at the end and and i would like at that point we were like everybody was like yeah we're gonna come back <laughs> and, the, and then the the monday night game was a little bit less spectacular it was against the orioles when our bullpen blew it yes. it was a bullpen game and we lost five to two or something like five to three but i was yelling at jose marmaleos to throw me a ball the whole game and he threw me one in the sixth inning and i, I gave oh, it to a kid but i was like All right, i gave it to a kid good that's so, awesome though covid covid restrictions make going to baseball games and heckling also much easier i think if you stick they to can, swear you know they can hear you oh they can hear you yeah. they can all hear you i yeah. was talking to the base coach 
I yelled, I forget his name. I was like, hey, something, something, you got an Instagram? <laughs> and he was like, nope. So I was like, shouldn't you be in the box? <laughs> and then he got mad. Oh, man. Sam, you have not, have you gone to a game yet this year? Not yet, no. Yeah. I uh, The way I like to heckle is I like to pick one guy on the other team and just ride them the entire game. <clears throat> that was kind of what I was doing so with Albert. Hard. My yeah. dad used to buy, like, with a whole group, he bought in, like, a, you know, he bought, he would get, like, 10 games of the same seats that were, like, season tickets, you know? Sure, sure. Uh, and these these were the best seats I've ever sat at in a baseball game in my life. They're, like, five rows right? back, right behind the visitors on deck circle. At Wait, Fenway. where? At Fenway, right? At Fenway. How many rows back? Like, five rows. Wow, Jesus. Yeah. So, like, you, like, you could really let them have it. Oh, and it's yeah. Fenway, too. So, like, you know. Intimate. It's... it's He's, I got I got a Rod taken out of a game once. I know that I've t- told this story. No, tell that story again. Oh my good story. But I was just I was like riding a Rod so hard that they took him out in the sixth inning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it was all it, you. It, I guess it was definitely like it was definitely me. It was like <laughs> universally agreed upon by everybody in the. What, what what did you heckle? Do you remember? Because it's all about identifying what they that professional athlete is actually kind of self-conscious about yeah right like 100%. that's the key because they've all got something like because they're you know the dale dale mom they're professional athletes there's something they're really self-conscious uh, about yeah there is sam often keep going um, and often they reveal themselves as the game goes so that's what's exactly. like sort of and that's what the heckling has to be it has to be sort of like of the moment and that's why when i went and yelled at the astros from outside the stadium it really didn't work right because i couldn't be engaged in the game yeah yeah uh sam can you hear me yeah yeah do you remember what it was you got a lot like what got under a lot skin uh steroids it was all about steroids oh because nice. yeah. he you know they were like you know it's like 30 feet or something they were really close uh-huh. and when you're screaming at the top of your lungs at somebody who's like right in front of you like i could have spoken at a normal volume and he could have heard me you know what i mean uh, yeah yes well that's what you know, really loud just screaming cheater over and over again and like just telling him how terrible he is as a role model for children and all of this stuff. Like oh, really, man. really, you know, emotional stuff. You know what, what I mean? So what are your do's and don'ts? No swearing, basically. Yeah. So that's, um, that's both of us agree. Make it really personal, though. That's that's what it is. Well, you got to avoid like... like but, but- like a personal, like a like if you you can offend a mom, you know what I mean, and like right. offending a mom is a hard one to come back from in that scenario. I've so. made a child cry, but I didn't care. That was funny. Yeah, no, it's like you know, like uh, CC Sabathia. I just would just ride him so hard for being a fat fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> <clears throat> I'd be like, "You're fat and you're old and you're an alcoholic." You know what I mean? Just like really <laughs> let him have it. I bet you got a pretty loud heckling voice too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I went you to. Know, you... 
I went to the game, uh, it was in 2019. It was the game that the Red Sox clinched the division series against the Yankees. It was in Yankee Stadium, and I went to the game, and CC Sabathia was pitching, and I wasn't close to the field, but I was just screaming so – and I went with, like, all of my friends, and they're like, okay, Sam, you have to sit in the middle – so that like you're insulated so that you can just let it rip, you know? So that you don't get into a fight with the Yankee fans? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. But anyway, it was like <clears throat> any every time like the crowd noise would go down, because you know when you're at the ballpark, like the, there's like an ebb and flow to the crowd noise. Oh yeah. And every time the crowd noise went down, I'd be like, you're gonna lose fat man. And, <laughs> It was really good. Tough, man. Oh man, we got to go to a game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I, we should go. I got. I, I got Anthony Rizzo uh, pulled for the Cubs Pirates games. So that's my my favorite thing because that's the one where I was at that game. That was at PNC Park by myself, surrounded by Pirates fans, and so that was my best moment of starting that and I was behind the first baseline starting razzing a player and having all the other people be like what what's up with this dude but then by the end of the night having everybody laughing and then having Rizzo pulled from the game in like the eighth inning and everybody starts like clapping (laughs) his thing is he's the worst first because Josh Bell went like four for five with seven OBIs in that game or something ridiculous Okay. So my whole thing was like, Rizzo, you're the worst first baseman in the division. <laughs> uh, you wish you were Josh Bell. Uh, yeah. And then the other one, Sam, was when we heckled Lorenzo Cain in the outfield. Yeah, that was good. That was that was so much fun. But he had a really so good Joel, wait, so, so Joel, what are your do's and don'ts? Like you said, no swearing because that'll get you kicked out avoid like whatever you know racism homophobia right like don't be a a, because i feel like a lot of these guys go to games and hecklers are like calling them faggot and things like that like yeah no i mean stadium yeah yeah you get way worse shit yeah i mean we're not i mean like yes like that but you can't do that avoid family with like some asterisks like a Rod, you can you can go after J Lo, obviously, oh, yeah. right? Not um, anymore, right? <laughs> or especially now, right? Uh, exactly. Now you'd be like, oh, <laughs> J Lo left you. That oh man, I wish she was playing still. Right? Is anybody married to a Kardashian in Major League Baseball, or like, oh, or the guy with the Tampa Bay Rays who's married to the Trump's press secretary? You know, you could make fun of him for that. That's that's fair game. Uh, oh man! But yeah. generally, no like family stuff, right? And it should be funny too. Like, and it's it's, it's, like you said, it's all about kind of getting the, your your section engaged, or if you're at Yankee Stadium, shutting it down. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you want to get them engaged in a positive way. Sometimes that takes some some heavy lifting. 
yeah, sometimes people don't want to come along right away. So you have to definitely co convince some people that they're, that it'll be fun if they get involved with the way right. you are. But you've yeah, got to have, I've, I've never, I've never done it on, 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 in unfriendly territory though, to be, although I did do it at a Mariners game against the Blue Jays in Seattle where there's like eight times more Blue Jays fans than Mariners fans. And, and <laughs> me and my friend, I, I swear me and my friend almost got fucking murdered. All the Canadians. All the Canadians come down for the Blue Jays, is that? Yes, they <laughs> swarm over the border. They all these Canadian uh, travel companies do like package deals, like go to the United States, go see a Mariner game, you know, go do this, go do that. So the whole series is sold out, and it's all Blue Jays fans because it's because the Rogers Network is all of Canada. So the only baseball anybody sees in Canada is the Blue Jays. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So Vancouver, which is like, you know, a giant ass huge. city, yeah. huge city is three, four hours away from Seattle. They're all, they're all Blue Jays fans. Right. So that's and, funny. And it's, and they do get, they get all these package deals and they get all these like cheap hotels and shit. And they just fucking just overrun the stadium. It's terrifying. And Canadians are rowdy motherfuckers. That might yeah, be my Canadians are rowdy motherfuckers. That's there true. was something in there that we were. I feel like we had to talk about, like kind of a major. Uh, the effect that fans actually have. Do you think that the fans actually like what impact? Because we were talking about we like we are at thirty seven minutes right now, but like Texas, all the Texas Rangers have opened up their stadium to a lot higher capacity than most other stadiums, especially Chicago and New York. I mean they're they're to full capacity. They were for that one game. Are they still did they go they went up they for just for the home opener they were at full capacity, which is weird. Oh, and then they and then they and then they went down. down. I don't know if they've gone back up or not. The Rangers? Yeah. I think they're at full capacity the athletic just did an article on this today. I think Houston continuing too. their trend of copying us before we do our thing. Yeah, we got to talk to them about that. Right. Fucking athletic. Like, that's our stuff. That's, yeah. <laughs> You're just doing it first. James but. Fagan's just listening to a podcast and stealing Before it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody with a time machine. <laughs> the athletic, the time Rangers machine. Rangers are at 100% capacity. Uh, oh, the Astros at 100% capacity. Astros are at 50% capacity. That's weird. That must uh, just be a, up to fifty percent. I think it maybe is a case by case. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing is that the so the Rangers have the highest capacity right now. The Red Sox have the lowest capacity of any team that's not playing at a spring training facility in Florida, which is Blue Jays. Um, which is the Blue Jays. So the Blue Jays capacity right now is like nineteen hundred people. Nineteen hundred. Well, they're playing at a, they're playing at a triple A stadium. They're like it's a, a five thousand person stadium. Right. Yeah. Oh, cool. And so that's twenty three percent capacity, and the Red Sox are at twelve percent capacity, and that's forty five hundred. And then after that, the next lowest Chicago probably maybe. Let's see. What's Seattle? The White Sox is eight thousand. Yeah. That's like 20%, a little more than 20%. Yeah, 20%. Mm -hmm. The Mariners nine or something? The Mariners... White Sox, I mean like... 25%, 9,400 people. Yeah. yeah. And, and no, we're going to expand. 
So my 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 thought to that would be that I think I think you're per you know anything you're saying specifically is going to be less effective in a in a normal time but the energy i think in a big stadium full of people like if you're getting your whole section into it and everybody's having a good time that's going to have a palpable effect on the game i think the specifics of what you're saying are, are maybe not always going through you know what i mean like I, I i maybe when you're 30 feet away or like you're pretty close you can get you can actually people will hear you but it's in a full stadium there's not a lot of probably you know what i mean like there's probably not a lot of actual things that stick out because the whole vol the volume is so lot high already but in these COVID stadiums man the specifics could get really come flying across so i don't know i laugh I think, when i'm watching a game and i can hear like one dude heckling yeah <laughs> like great. oh look at that guy yeah. That's but there's and there's specific the, like a's broadcast it's like nobody goes to see the A's play, and there's always like that one super drunk guy who's in the alone in the third deck who's just yelling so loud, you know? Yeah, yeah. They all they always have the drummers there. <laughs> there's always people playing drums in Oakland, which is annoying. Uh, I think I I, I don't, yeah I know oh, and like the drumming stuff that's a different one though because that's definitely like that has a has to have a, a actual palpable effect doesn't it i mean consistent drumming from a person in the outfield i mean i don't know i mean the, my whole thing is you got to go back when you're heckling you actually have to identify what the professional athlete is actually self-conscious about yeah right? um, because but, if you just yeah, right. shout if you're just going you know albert albert you know whatever no that's fun too Right, you got it. Well, that's what you, <laughs> that's what you fill the dead space with while you think of the next thing to, st to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and, good. that's good heckling. Yeah. <laughs> and the baseball game is really long. So the and idea slow. Is, and slow. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of opportunity for this stuff. Cool. All right. Uh, we got to wrap this up. I, I didn't talk oh, wait, about did I, wait, my last, the one time I sat like two rows behind the dugout at the Mariners game and like I uh, was behind the rain, but I was behind the Rangers dugout uh -huh. and I was shouting at him the whole time. Like I forget who it was, hurt himself, like running into the wall. And I was like, you're an idiot. You ran into the wall. And then like at the end of the game, the all of a sudden the sheriff looks up and he rolls a ball to me and he's like, was from the from the team they say they, they like how you watch the game or something like that and I was the like, rangers Whoa. the visiting team gave you a ball? i guess i don't know <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> it was good stuff he told me yeah. he liked the way i played the game or watched the game <laughs> that's key that's that's what we gotta do yeah we definitely have to do it yeah. okay so whatever trip trip to to a baseball game well, whatever um, funds we can raise to get dump vote dump you know vote we dump. Can, yeah, we yeah. don't actually get yeah. voted the exactly. managers we'll be, if we we'll don't become once we're the manager of the fucking white Sox, <laughs> and if we don't make it we'll just go to a ball game i know we're gonna become the managers of the white Sox and just heckle the kansas city royals just heckle the other team <laughs> Oh yeah, that'll be like whoever's slide. not coaching will have to be in. under the door of Danny Duffy's locker. All the, like, <laughs> <laughs> you suck. <laughs> oh man, Salvador Perez. <laughs> we got to be nice to the twins, though. They're having a tough time. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to be nice to them, but they 
they're still struggling along. Byron Buxton, like, I, we got to stop with 40 minutes, but like, Byron Buxton is like having a wiped out season. So good. And they're I'm still not doing well. No. How about those Giants? How about those I Giants? I saw that coming, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Giants. Man. No, I forgot the I forgot their name in my preview of yeah, the NL you, West. Yeah, you were like, who's the other team in the NL West? Oh yeah, the Giants. <laughs> and now they're leading. Well, are they still leading the division? They were. They were still ahead of the division. I don't know if the Dodgers won tonight or not, but they're still playing. They're still playing. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, this has been Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Hey, hashtag vote dump. Hashtag time's up, Tony. We're going to be the next uh, managers of the Chicago White Sox who just liked to tweet. Shout out to at Bodrelicious for liking our tweet. Vote yeah, for right. us. We're going to recall Tony Louisa. Think outside the box. Vote dump. Votes up. Oh, uh, for Sam and Thomas, my name is Joel. Again, uh, if you like what you listen to, give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. Happy Cinco de Mayo, I guess. I mean, don't get too drunk. Um, yeah, thanks so yeah. much for listening. Tell your friends, and we will see you next time. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Yeah.